Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Daria, thank you very much for coming on to speak to us on the uh, Business, Worth and Mindset podcast. You know, you've got a quite an uh, inspirational story to share with our listeners. So it will be such a pleasure to actually um, hear that. And um, in terms of uh, um, the, the format, I think it's... Um, it's uh, uh, normally, you know, our listeners sort of uh, resonate well by studying, um, hearing about your story, your journey from humble beginnings to where you are now. So uh, in, in, in a way, it sort of uh, helps them to put things into context in the way that, uh, you know, Dario has uh, come through this path, you know, and it's uh, maybe similar or re- resonates with them then it gives them that inspiration and hope that, you know, there is probably, you know, hope for us that we can actually achieve certain things as well. So as we go uh, with that, we then uh, get to pick up within there, like the successes, the challenges and the things that uh, can actually uh, help people to actually break through into their success as well. And then uh, we get to talk about, uh, uh, you know, the mindset aspects, which, uh, you know, is uh, quite key and you're quite an expert on. And also, you know, the key communications and uh, your offering as well and how you can uh, help uh, some of our listeners as well. So, um, yeah, if we uh, pick it up from there, uh, if you just walk us through your story um, and, uh, yeah, we'll get to just uh, pick it up from there and talk about various aspects within that. Okay. Well, I mean, um, when... Oh my God, where should I start? Ultimately, I'm, I used to live in Switzerland mm. and um, I grew up in Switzerland and I ended up um, traveling overseas and living in Australia yeah. and for about 15 years. So during my time in Australia, the first, um, the first few years, I was a uh, successful friend, uh, personal trainer, had a franchise uh, with Fitness First and um, successfully, you know, build a business with that. Yeah. And I found that ultimately that a lot of people work from the outside in, meaning they think that working on their body will also change, shift or change their mind. Yeah. And I believe that is only to a certain degree possible. So whereas um, because I saw over and over again that people self-sabotaged um, their own progress, not because they weren't um, doing the exercise or the diet or anything like that, but because they didn't believe in themselves. And as a result, they compromised uh, themselves in um, doing things that are not um, congruent. And after almost five years working as a personal trainer, having, uh, you know, um, also had apprentices under me and things like that, I decided I wanted to learn more about the subconscious mind, mm. about uh, how does it work, how can one let go of trauma and 
and negative emotions and uh, patterns and you know that create that self-destruction to create a better life and that in my education and certification in nlp hypnosis and timeline therapy Mm -hmm. um with dr tad james back in australia and Mm -hmm. after i got certified i started working not only as a personal trainer but as a business slash life coach so i help many individuals um literally letting go of their limitations and creating a new reality so one person for instance was an actor who didn't get any jobs and he had problems with his dad and when we you know when i helped him ultimately let go of the limitation that was associated on a subconscious level he then, within one month, ultimately had a better relationship with his dad. And as a result of it, he got three new jobs as an actor. So it all shifted dramatically, you know, and that's how my career ultimately started as in self-development industry working. But then because I didn't make enough money from just doing that, I accepted a job with uh, working with an agency that represented uh, Tony Robbins. I'm sure you're familiar with Tony Robbins, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I was hired on commission-based only job, meaning all of a sudden I had to make phone calls to prospects, called prospects, that once read his book or downloaded his book to John Vivian or things like that. And I thought that would be easy because I had that experience of NLP and the different techniques and how to communicate and adapt your behavior. And it wasn't, wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. In fact, the first two weeks, Mm -hmm. even though I worked every day from 9 a.m. till around 8 p.m., being on the phone, calling prospects, calling customers that once uh, attended UPW, I didn't make one sale. And uh, I was very frustrated. And I I remember I woke up, um, I think it was the 9th of June. Oh, my God, about year 2000 or something like that, 99, something like that. And um, saying to myself, either I'm going to make a sale today, I'm going to quit this job and do some something else, you know, even like a paid hourly job where you do waitering, bartending, mm-hmm. customer service on the phone. And having that determination in my mind, knowing that that's what I'm going to do. And I remember going back to one person that I had a good conversation with over the two weeks, I had several conversations, but one person, she attended um, one year ago, um, also UPW, and she wanted to ultimately do Date With Destiny. Hmm. And um, I thought, why not follow her up? And so I did. And each time she had a question, I would put her on hold and go to my supervisor, Sarah, and go, Sarah, if she cannot come in six months, can she reschedule? 
And yeah. Sarah will go, yeah, absolutely not a problem. Okay, back to the phone. Yes, you can, and so on. So I kept doing that because it was, A, the first time that I had that kind of conversation, and B, she asked questions that I still didn't know. Hmm. And then my family had the opportunity to ultimately ask her, so are you ready to now book yourself in for Date with Destiny? And she said yes. Now, for me, that was a breakthrough moment because the fact was if I would have not made that sale and not got that $1,000 commission, I would have had no money to pay my rent. Hmm. You know, I had about three, four hundred dollars left on my bank account. The rent was, um, I think at the time I had to pay eight hundred dollars. So, um, you know, ultimately that was like I had that breakthrough and that moment I was able to get myself paid for the first time since working mm-hmm. for that company. I was super excited and it was just like the penny drop for me right then and there. It wasn't about how do I apply NLP. It was about trusting myself on a subconscious level that I can be that person to ask the right questions and guide the conversation so that the person can get there without doing the arm twisting, without doing the what people learn from Grant Cardone and Cole um, Mm -hmm. in regards to manipulating people. Yes, you can always manipulate people, but the question is, do you still want to look yourself in the mirror in the morning and say, I do it with integrity? Or do you want to look in the mirror and say, I am a ripoff? And I didn't want to do that, you know what I mean? So, um, and from there on, I started ultimately succeeding with my sales. Uh, my approach changed, my confidence changed. Of course, I ended up making a lot more sales. I made an average of about uh, five to ten thousand dollars a month from commission. Now, not every sale gives you a thousand dollars. I mean, that was of uh, a price tag of six thousand uh, dollars. UPW, you had tickets for a thousand dollars. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I made five, on a regular basis, made five to ten thousand dollars a month on a monthly basis, and that's how my career in sales and self development has started. And from there, I got referred to other companies to work with. Uh, um, to work with and now, it's uh, it's used to be the name of the company used to be Universal Events. Now it's Universal Stars, I think they're called. And then I worked with 21st Century Education, and I got up the ladder. Eventually, I got a Universal Events a job with a pay, a regular pay plus commission. And the same with 21st Century Education. I ended up being a sales trainer and coach there, helping the acquisition team to go from, you know, making... Put it this way, they made maybe 20 phone calls a day, had maybe five conversations, and all of them were like not resulting in any, um, you know, in any appointments at all. Uh, for the sales team to making, you know, 40, 50 calls a day. 
um, having about 10 conversations and ultimately making on average between three to five appointments for each salesperson. And um, that change happened within two weeks. So not months, but two weeks after I started with the company working on with them. And so I got very successful in my own right. And even though I was successful in my own right and, you know, made good money and had an impact, I realized that the system is flawed. That even the small companies, they, they grow like 21st century, I mean, those are all small companies. They grew exponentially because of the sales they made uh, with the team, you know. Sales is the heart of, of the business. So the more sales you make, the more money you have, and the more you can do. Um, and even though they grew from being small to a medium-sized business, the CRM wasn't, um, wasn't good organized in serving the customer. Um, there was no transparency within the company. There were different departments that worked against one another. The, the bookkeeping worked against the sales team. Um, the marketing was in competition with the sales team. The management was in competition with the with the entire company's um, philosophy. So the management had a different philosophy than the company represented. Uh, it was not congruent in that sense. Um, there was always conflict. And people, the customer was the one that actually suffered from it. You know, and when I saw that, um, I didn't know what can I do to change that because I wasn't in, I wasn't a business owner. I wasn't a person that can actually go in and change the structure. Um and I thought to myself, I don't want to work like that. But at the same time, I felt stuck in that in that place where you yeah. you know you need the job to make the money, and on the other hand, you're not really happy with it. And so one day, after well, I, I worked in the in um, four companies for about ten years, you know. Um, during lunch, all all of a sudden, I felt. Um, felt a change in my face happening. I had a cramp and then all of a sudden one side of it was numb. And I thought I had a stroke. So I went up to the to the manager said, listen, I don't know what's happening to me right now. I'm I think I have a stroke. They brought me to the hospital in Melbourne, which is only like four or five minutes drive away. You know, the ambulance came, they checked me, we got there. Then the doctors and nurses were around me talking about what it could be. They um, made a scan of my brain to check if it was a stroke or not. And I remember during those three hours while I was there, I felt like it was like a lifetime. It, it was like going on forever. And I asked myself during the time while they were you know, talking amongst each other and I was waiting for the results to be, you know, um, to be, uh, to come back. Um, I asked myself, did I live my life with purpose? And the answer of it was no. Mm. And then I asked my subconscious mind, what is my purpose? 
what am I born for here right now on this on this planet Earth? And when I ask that question, a lot of you know on a, a subconscious level, a lot of pictures were shown to me, you know, yeah. um, and I just saw myself on stage. I saw myself releasing books, talking to people, people coming up to me, hugging me, uh, giving me compliments, that sort of thing. Um, it wasn't a specific location or anything. It was just like, you know, how the subconscious works. It isn't, it's not in chronological order or anything. It is really, I'll say, when the subconscious mind communicates with you, it's abstract. It might be through sounds. It might be through pictures. It might be through an internal voice. Um, but it's never like we know it to be with our consciousness where we talk in a sort of like structured way it's never like that so um and that's when i decided it's time for me to change and um so i made changes you know i ended up um uh being told that i had Bell's palsy which thankfully is not a stroke it's just uh you know paralyzing of um of your um face nerves kind of thing, so you cannot actually move your mouth as much. Um, it's still a pain in the ass uh, illness, and people like the doctors have no clue what it is or why, what what needs to be done. Um, and I didn't give up on that. I thought to myself, well, I'm going to heal my, my body the best way that I can. I went to acupuncture. I did hypnosis. Um, and many other things along the way to heal my body and get that movement back. Um, and then I decided I'm going to go back uh, to Switzerland and, you know, start my life over again to be closer to my family. And that's exactly what I did. And after, you know, having worked one to two years for other companies just to get myself ready to do my own thing, um, I ended up ultimately um, creating my own company. Today, it's called Entrepreneur Growth. Um, before, it was On Call Business, but I changed the name because what I'm really doing is, um, and even when I was employed here in Switzerland, again, I worked with companies in retention and uh, in the you know leading a sales team for a marketing company and so on. Even though um, I love working with people, like I always feel like I'm in working with entrepreneurs, even the the business people that have a you know a marketing consultation or a personal training business or um, you know an insurance agency or stuff like that. Um, the owner of those companies mostly are entrepreneurs, and from a mindset perspective. They're not just looking at how can I run my business the best way. They're also looking at how can I improve myself to run the business the best way. And that's the difference between me and many others that are doing sales training and coaching. Because with me, I end up working with you on a more holistic approach to see how can you and your staff Mm -hmm. um, create a business with purpose to ultimately serve the customer a better way possible 
to win the customer's loyalty. So you don't need to keep on running marketing campaigns. Yeah. So you can ultimately mm -hmm. grow to a certain level and the people will actually come to you wanting to work with you rather than you having to chase down the customer. And a business person will chase down the customer. An entrepreneur that knows what they, how they want to serve the people will welcome the new customer. He will not chase them. And that's the difference. And he will have a different approach. He will look at it from a different uh, point of view from how can I be sure that I am being a great leader to my team? What can I do to be transparent in my communication? How can I be fair with my customers and make sure that what we serve them with is not the only thing once they sign up, but how can we continue the relationship, build the trust, and have those conversations even after they purchase the first insurance cover or uh, personal training package or consultation package or whatever it is that they're selling? because that's what it's all about. And the problem that we have today is that companies, businesses small to large, doesn't matter, they do it all wrong. I'm sorry to say they shoot themselves in the foot the way they do it, and they do it so bad that it's, you know, if I had more hair, I'll pull it out. Um, <laughs> because... What they do is they acquire new customers. They do all this marketing crap from email to Facebook ads and so on. And then as soon as they have the prospect, then they do the, they do the email marketing, a conversation hardly happens. Or if the conversation happens, it happens on a level that's very much amateur. And mm -hmm. then they do the obvious thing that when it comes to selling, they find out your needs, your wants, they will tell you the what you want to hear, and then they will give you a special offer, and then they will do the scarcity kind of thing. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's basically it. But the problem that we have today is customers are more accustomed to all of that. So a customer or potential customer and wants to feel that they can trust you. They want to feel like they're ready for working with you or buying your insurance cover or whatever it is that you do. And the conversation needs to have more quality. And it needs to, you know, it needs to be, of course, there needs to be a call to action. But as soon as you do like that arm twisting thing, it does not work as good as you used to because people are used to that kind of approach. And with the internet today, we all know we can get it at any time somewhere else possibly. So you really need to have a want wanting to actually change or getting a service or product right then and there. And you need to feel like the value is equal or greater than the price you pay. And if those things are not matching up and you just feel being sold to, then it's not going to come across well. And even if the people buy, um, you might end up getting refund requests or people changing their mind, minds overnight. Um, and you don't want that. So the way that I 
sell and the way that I teach, you know, my clients to sell is do it with integrity. Yes, do give a limited offer, but be clear about it with the conditions from the get-go, not at the end of the conversation. Let them know at the end of the conversation, I will give you a special offer. Um, that is for fast action takers. If you feel like there are any questions, feel free to let me know. And uh, if at the end you feel like you need more time to think about it, I'm more than happy to hold that special offer as long as we make a follow-up appointment to have a timeline where I can address your questions and concerns or where we can get started. Because that's a lot fairer than when you end up getting to the point and they go, well, I really want to get started, but I don't have the funds or I need to organize the funds. So um, I don't want to right now commit to a $5,000 or $10,000 program when I only have $2,000 in my bank account which is understandable. You know what I mean? As an example, then you have things like that happening. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to be adaptable. You need to say, you know what, not a problem. Let's talk again. And we can talk about a payment plan or whatnot and overcome that objection. But when people pay with their hard earned cash, we need to establish trust. I mean, the reason I sold the day to destiny or the phone, Hmm. wasn't because I was an expert in selling. It was because I built trust with that person, you know. Yeah. I mean, at the 21st century after James McIntyre came out of the office said, the person that, um, the first person that sells the $20,000 lifestyle program with the membership renewal and the mentorship programs that are part of the package plus one week holiday, it was like a package that we, uh, that, um, they sold, I thought to myself, I'm going to sell that. I'm going to sell that. That included, you know, uh, one week holiday. It included a five year renewal membership of their mentor, um, membership program or self-development and financial mem membership program plus two, um, no, three, three actual mentorship programs from, Forex, learning how to trade Forex, uh, properties, how to actually buy and sell properties, and e-minis. And so when I sold that $20,000 program the first time, my conversation with that person took about two hours. Two hours of conversation. Wow. But I was the yeah. first one that sold it, and I was the one that got paid yeah to go to the Caribbean cruise with Jane McIntyre and with the customer and the team. And my flight was paid as a reward that I was the first one. So yeah. wow. that's, you know, that's how powerful when that person, they actually transferred the funds. So didn't have, you know, they didn't pay with credit card. They signed the documentation. They sent it in on Monday. The conversation I had was on Friday following Monday it was sent in and um, they sent an email saying a transfer to funds to the bank account. So there was a lot of yeah. own responsibility and action required from the customer himself to do all yeah. that. So after our conversation with him was over.
And that's the kind of training and coaching that I do that I show the clients I work with. How can you get to that level where you yeah. can sell, no matter what it is, you can sell something for $500, 1000 20000 30000 even $60,000 over the, the phone or in person, like on online, like on Zoom, if you want, when you know how to, you know, engage and talk to, to the person and ask the right question. And that's mm-hmm. how I ended up being, you know, successful in my own right, even after I started my company uh, about six years ago. Um, I worked you know, I have clients in, in the UK, I got clients here in Switzerland, I got uh, past clients from Australia. So, and since then, I wrote two of my own books and being part of six books as a co author that became bestsellers. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, so there's a, if you look up my name, Dario Cucci, you'll, you'll find that. Uh, there's quite a few books that I'm part of mm. and my books. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, quite an uh, amazing, inspirational story. And, uh, you know, within that, from a personal development point of view, it's characterized by a number of things. I mean, the first is the persistence in terms of uh, the journey that you've uh, you've taken. You know, you've been... Uh, quite persistent uh, in the things that and the action that you are taking. But uh, would you say that your vision was uh, clear from outset in terms of uh, where you wanted to be in the future? Because you seem to have uh, moved across various things that you've done. Uh, was, was it always very clear in your mind, like what the end goal is? Because in, in many uh, personal development circles, we get taught how you have to have the end in mind. And a lot of people don't actually have that vision of clarity of the end in mind. What was it like for you? Now, like I said, I mean, my breakthrough moment when it came to clarity was when I was in the hospital, when I had, uh, when I was told like a Bell's palsy. Um, yeah. During that time, I'll, that was literally right then and there when I realized my purpose in life is to educate and inspire and share my experience with others so that they can have a better life with what I know, not only in the self-development industry, but in sales and leadership and communication yeah. and, uh, and show that to the people so that they can ultimately have that ripple effect of the customer being happy, the customer wanting to be loyal to, um, you know, to be with that company. Loyalty is a choice. It's not some, it's not a given. People think loyalty is a given. It's not. It's a choice by every person. Who do I want to be loyal to? And first and foremost, you should always be loyal to yourself. Um, Having said that, as a consumer, the reason we have the problem with a lack of loyalty is because you are always competing against pricing, not against value. And that's the problem. So the value is not even looked at as a, as a reason to stay because the price 
is cheaper at the competition. It might yeah. be the same value, might be less value, but that doesn't matter because the price is cheaper. So what we need to ultimately, you know, bring forward and focus on is making it so that the value is acknowledged and the pricing matches the value. And yet yeah. it's also a fair pricing for what the customer ends up getting. So they're willing to pay that little bit extra and stay with you because they know that you are reliable, that you do the work well, that um, the service is fantastic and so on and so forth. And there is no miscommunication and all that stuff. So, and so, yeah, so that's when I had clarity, but I mean, when, and I was in hospital until then, I didn't know, I didn't have that clarity what I was born for. I think most people don't know that. Um, most people don't know what their reason or purpose is on why they're being born into this world to, you know, it's a gift to find that out, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I worked on myself for many years, you know, and there were glimpses of understanding where I want to go. But the problem is when you understand where you want to go and you feel stuck in moment in, in, in the situation, it blocks you because you're thinking of your ego instead of concentrating on subconscious level. You're focusing on uh, what do I get, how much do I get, and all of that stuff, which is ego-based. And, you know, and the subconscious mind does not work with the ego. The subconscious mind works with you, influences your perception of reality, and then the ego ultimately um, interferes with where we want to go because it believes that you might be in danger or it believes that you need more of something. And so it will create that um, internal voice that you hear or ask for more money, you you know, you're worth it or don't do this opportunity, you'll be at risk or things like that. And... Um, where the subconscious mind is always the person that says, yes, I compare the subconscious mind like a little child that wants to learn everything and, and says yes to everything. And then the conscious mind, if you want to put it this way, is the parent that says no to many things out of fear that it could hurt the child mm-hmm. when sometimes there is no danger at all. So it's a, just an illusion. Yeah. Wow. That's that's powerful. Now, um, you know, going going back, if you look at um, a lot of uh, the stories of successful people, you know, people who have broken through into success or you know come to the epiphany of what uh, their life purpose is, it's uh, almost uh, always characterized by a crisis of some sort that they've gone through in their life. I mean, in your example, uh, for instance, you know, being in in hospital, does it always uh, take a crisis of some sort to actually uh, get people to realize, you know, to get that breakthrough and epiphany? Or, you know, given the fact that the mind cannot distinguish between what's real and, and not, can people create their own crisis? And how likely is that? 
There's, there's two things. One is you always create your reality through your mind. Um, and the, the dangers or the excuses why we do, we do or not do things are created by the logical mind. Not, and then, the, <clears throat> then ultimately the subconscious mind will feed into it, of course. Yeah. But it's created by the creative thinking process and by the logical mind. Because when you, let's say <clears throat> you don't want to go to the gym yeah. and it's not because you're sick, it's not because anything is wrong with you. You've got a gym membership. Yeah. It's maybe 15 minutes away from where you live. Um, you're completely healthy. And yet you always find an excuse not to go. Uh, you know, the weather is bad, so I'm not going to go outside right now. Um, uh, I don't feel like I'm wanting to. Or, you know, I miss, maybe I miss a television show. Or, you know, you will find an excuse not to go. Mm. And then the subconscious mind will trigger in the emotion and bring up the memory how you feel when you're not wanting to go. So you will reflect on a past memory. Yeah. Um, maybe you had a bad experience at some point at the gym, but you can't remember logically. You just, it's there. Yeah. Or maybe you don't feel good enough, you know? And so that emotion comes up. So it's ultimately the blueprint is the belief is the negative or limiting belief is I'm not good enough. Yeah. yeah. And the logical mind with the creative thinking is how can I justify not being good enough? So instead of not being good enough, I just justify it for another reason. It will cover it up. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the symptom. The other one is the cause. So we need to fix the cause so that the logical mind with the creative thinking process no longer create situations where it self-sabotages. Yeah. yeah. And therefore, we need to go to the subconscious mind and look at where was it that it first created that belief, you know, that, that caused that I'm not good enough. What caused that? It might be a simple thing that happened in, during school or when you were like a kid, two years old, something happened and it created that belief. Now we can change that. And when you change that, you change the perception of reality from your point of view. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. So we can always change the perception of reality in the way that we look at by reprogramming and optimizing the subconscious mind's behavior, addressing the cause, not the symptom. Mm. Um, what was the other question in regards to crisis? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the other thing with, look, I hope and wish for many people not to go through crisis, mm. to have problems, to have difficult lives. I, I don't wish that for anyone to have. Mm. And, and I think in order to prevent it, you need to work on yourself constantly. You do need to work on yourself. You need to have mentors, coaches, 
that support your own growth that can help you. I mean, this is the reason why I do what I do yeah. is so that I can prevent that from happening. So you have that aha moment even before you are um, in a place where you are distraught, you know. So the problem is, though, that people are somewhat lazy <laughs> for themselves. They do everything for everybody else. They put people first. And that's, it's that kind of contradiction. So they will go, oh, my business is more important. The stuff is more important. The bookkeepers are more important. Those are all important things. Don't get me wrong. But you, you as a human being, you should always be number one. You should always come first because whatever you do and whoever you create to be, because you are creating yourself on a daily basis, you, the choices you make, the way that you behave, um, whatever you end up doing, you end up creating. And if you are not at an optimum level as a leader, as a, as a salesperson, as a, an entrepreneur, the people that you will attract into your life will reflect what you need to learn mm. or what you need to let go of. Yeah. So it's either letting go of and, and what can you learn? So if you got people in your life that are not confident, then you possibly need to let go of those people that are not confident because they will hinder your success or you might want to work with them to create a different level of confidence. So you help them and you do that in alignment with your business, with the values that your business has to support their growth along with your growth. And therefore, not only will they make more sales, now the customers that you attract are a different kind of customer than you used to have. And, uh, and so, when you look at, you know, Oprah Winfrey, um, she is one of the most influential, um, most powerful women in the world. Um, and when you look at her, you know, her own life story, she went through challenges as well. But each time she learned from it, and that's where she looked at not the symptom, but the difference. She actually addressed the cause, and that's why she's so mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. And when you look at all the people that are successful, they learn from their troubles. They don't yeah. become a victim. Instead of, they become a hero. And so one of my mentors and I have the same philosophy. I want to work with people that want to be heroes. Yeah. So if you are an entrepreneur that wants to be, you, are, well, you want to be a hero, then let's work together. That's basically what I do. I work with people that want to be heroes and become heroes. Because when mm -hmm. something happens that is inconvenient, that's troubling, you don't give up. You keep going and you work on yourself and you learn how can you make a positive, um, take something positive from it and ultimately apply yourself better so you can succeed. You know, when I had the first time Bell's palsy, 
Um, the doctors told me, well, just take the medication and then you have to wait and see. And I asked him if there's alternative therapies or anything. They said, no, just have to wait and see. And I didn't accept that. And mm. uh, I thought, okay, so on the internet, I found, well, there's acupuncture, there's coughing, there's this, there's that. And so I ended up doing a whole lot of things which helped me enormously to get my movement back in my face. And, yeah. and that's the thing where the reason we end up failing when we are in, you know, have a troubled life is because when you look at a hero, a hero might complain for one moment, but then they move on. Mm. And then you look at a victim. A victim will continue to complain and talk about problem over and over and over again. It will, it's like a broken record. It will keep on telling the problem from a different angle, justifying why they are in the situation they are, and they will always blame other people or situations. Yeah. yeah. So, whereas a hero, his different mindset will go, all right, I'm right now going through troubles. Um, what can I learn through, from this situation? What's a positive learning? What can I do from it? And how can I apply myself better? Yeah. And that's where, when you ask the question, how can I apply myself better? That's when you start growing. That's when you go, okay, so if the doctor tells me um, there's nothing that I can do, if I'm the victim, I go, oh, poor me. The doctor told me there's nothing that I can do, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I don't believe anyway. Whereas as a hero, you go, what can I do? How can I apply myself better? I go, well, there's always a reason why, uh, why something happens. So I'm sure there's always more than just one way to heal my body. Yeah. So medication just treats the symptoms. So what else can I do? Well, there's hypnosis. So I know hypnosis. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. What else can I do? Acupuncture is, oh, well, that helped. Okay, so, you know, and that's the way that we need to learn to function. When we learn to function like that, yeah, and you will not be stuck. You will be able to grow and you will be able to succeed. Yeah. Wow, it's absolutely amazing. Um, now, when it, when it comes to um, business and sales and products, I think you alluded to this before because... Uh, the marketplace, especially in this modern age, is pretty much flooded. You know, if anyone wants to find a product or information, it's you know they can just Google and find something out there. Which means, you know, for people to actually differentiate themselves in the marketplace, they have to do something different. And uh, I think you alluded to this again. That's that, you know, people will always remember from the conversation they had with you how you made them think and feel. So feeling and trust in the communication has become much more important, more so than even the, the product. I mean, if you look at the biggest brands out there, you know, they ride on the feeling of the brand. I mean, even, you know, Apple or, you know, McDonald's or whatever, there's probably better food you can have, there's probably better phones you can have. But uh, 
the way their products and their communication make you feel has become much more important, I guess. And that's probably what becomes the distinction factor. Does that uh, resonate with you? How, how does, do you make that communication to impact how you make people feel rather than just chucking them with facts and figures and information, which they can get anyway? Well, I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, I, I believe, and I know that marketing needs to go hand in hand with sales, you know, mm-hmm. and with customer service. Like if you're looking at the different apartments, um, every business needs to not only market to their customers, they also need to learn how can I build the trust through communication and what can I do to, to engage on that level. And it needs to go hand in hand. One cannot go without the other. Marketing is such a huge thing these days, but it also creates a lot of misunderstandings because the problem we have with marketing is that the marketing language is different to the language that you and I are speaking uh, in during a normal conversation. So they will use you know words to highlight certain things. And then you think, oh, I'm getting this. But in fact, you're not getting it. You're getting part of it. And there are conditions Mm -hmm. that are in the small print. And so therefore, um, you ultimately end up buying something, thinking that you're getting it. And then you need to buy something else in order to get it. And that is the frustrating part. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you have a conversation, you can ask the person, do I get exactly what we just talked about it? And if there are conditions associated with it, you will be informed about it. Um, And in marketing, you don't. Marketing, you're not getting informed about small print. And that is where the miscommunication is happening. And this is why people keep on leaving companies, even the ones that sell products, because they get frustrated with the misleading of information. Yeah. So it will say, oh, you get uh, three months this for that price. But then after that, in a small print, it will say, well, after three months, you pay double the price. Um, you know, so or there is like a membership and you go, well, I'm buying this for six months mm-hmm. and then it will automatically renew. And you forgotten about it. So six months later, it will automatically re- renew. They don't even check in with you and go, hey, would you like to renew or anything? It just yeah. does. Yeah. And that's the, that's the negative impact of automation and that's the negative impact of marketing done wrong. Yeah. Uh, we need to learn to find a different way of doing that. And um, I do not like where we are with our current marketing, to be honest, with with the way sales is done um, in general. I really don't like it. I think it's misleading. Mm. It is. Um, it causes a big problem because people get pissed off. So you have big refunds and big, um, you know, dissatisfaction among customers and uh, complaints. And I mean, if you go to um, 
what's the sign again called? Um, trust pilot. If you go to trust ah, pilot, for instance, yeah. you see that I actually wrote many reviews on products and services, and uh, I'm very, very honest. So when I do not like something, and you as a company uh, or service provider have not addressed it the right way, I will make a negative review about it, mm. being completely honest. So, you know, that's sort of like the thing where I go, okay, so the communication part these days is missing. You can have all the email marketing and social media marketing and all that stuff, and that's great. It's a tool to support your business. It does not replace your mm -hmm. mindset. It does not replace your communication skills. It does not replace your leadership. Those three things, you still, as a leader, mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you need to, you must work on. Because without it, you will make the mistakes all the time that costs you money, that costs you customers, that costs you time. And we only have a limited amount of time on this planet Earth. So you want to make the most out of the time. You can always make more money, but the time you cannot replace. You can't replace, yeah. Exactly. And the thing about it is, think about it this way. To get a new customer, you need to have seven touch points at least. Mm. So the customer or the potential new customer needs to hear about it up to seven times or even more until their own convincer strategy will tell them, I'm ready to buy. Yeah. That means that ultimately, and I mean, this is not my, um, my own doing. This is based on research. Prospects to turn into new customers, the chances of that happening are between 5 to 20% that they buy, mm. which is not a lot if you think about it. So yeah. you need to, you know, and then you got research that shows that an existing customer that's happy with your service and trusts you is 60 to 70%. Um, chances that they buy from you again. Mm. So very, very high number. Yeah. So why don't we focus on our existing customers to serve them better instead of keep on trying to get new customers? Yeah. Makes sense. It makes sense, does it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. And okay. So is um is there a role for or how much impact does stories like people's personal stories play in uh, in in the marketing and sales strategies? So, for instance, if uh, someone is, uh, let's say, a, a single mom and they're trying to do a specific business relating to their niche, or someone maybe you know got a particular trait, maybe African American or whatever, and they have a, a story that resonates with their product offering and niche is there much power in that in drawing people to 
to their particular pro product or thing in a way that pulls in that feeling and emotion resonating to a particular person's story, would you say, in the marketing and sales strategy? Well, I mean, stories have most definitely an influence. It really comes down to how do you tell the story. I mean, mm. that's number one. And like I mentioned before, the prospect needs several times to hear your name and hear mm. what it is that you're about before they then possibly decide, well, I want to talk to that person. I want to talk about their service or their product and get to know them. Um, and I'd say it's always good to make it relatable, you know. I mean, mm. even an example, I mean, in my lifetime during the last 20 years, oh, my God. I mean, I've been in the self-development industry now, yeah, about 20-plus years. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll tell you this story right now. About four, three, four years ago when I was living in, in Switzerland, I was invited to guest speak in the UK at an event that was called Men Network. Mm. And, um, and so I you know, flew over there and I remember, I, th I think it was 21st of April. And uh, it was the night before, I think the event was on the 22nd of April, something like that. It was the night before I was in the apartment that was uh, renting for the night. And it was not around 9 p.m. I remember specifically that all of a sudden, again, I had this numb feeling in my face, and at the second time, yeah. a Bell's palsy attack. Hmm. So the second time, my face, part of it, or the left side, was paralyzed. So when you got Bell's palsy, your eye is a little bit uh, more shut. Part of your mouth is not moving, hmm. and your speech is more slurry. Okay. Hmm because you cannot open your mouth like I'm doing right now. Yeah. And so as a result, people don't understand you as well. So yeah. even though I had that, and it was the second time, uh, it was a night I went to bed, I ended up getting up in the morning and thinking, what can I do now? So instead of panicking and go, oh my God, maybe I have a, you know, a stroke or anything, I knew exactly what it was. So I wasn't panicking. Mm. And I spoke to my mom, and then I ended up going to the venue where I had to speak. And, I mean, anything that could go wrong went wrong. The venue was mm. not that good. The people that were organizing it were late with organizing it. Instead of mm. 40 people, um, there were like five people in the audience, you know. Mm. Um, the audio wasn't good. Uh, it was just everything wrong that you can imagine. Now, I had, if you think about it, people are scared of public speaking. Yeah. And people are scared of making a fool out of themselves when, when, you know, when it comes to it or what they look like with their vein. Now, I wasn't scared of public speaking because I've been, you know, in the industry and working on myself and, and having trained with Andy Harrington and other people in on how to speak from stage for many years. 
So I wasn't. My concern wasn't even about making a fool out of myself. My concern was how can I now, I got this big presentation, I need to address that because I cannot, when there's a room with five people in there, five yeah. people in the audience, you cannot do the same presentation as you do with a room of 40 people or more. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It, it will come across uh, non-authentic and yeah. uh, pushy. So, and because we had all those technical issues, I said to the, the people in the audience, you know what, instead of, instead of uh, me doing this huge presentation here, we are going to do a workshop. So um, you guys are entrepreneurs. Do you guys do network marketing or anything you want to work on? And uh, one guy said, yeah, he does network marketing, also start his own business. So I started working with those people for an hour or so and doing a workshop-style presentation, you know, mm -hmm. with an exercise and coaching and that sort of thing. And they loved it, you know. And even though I had Bell's palsy, I just acknowledged that I, instead of being fearful about it, what people might think, I just acknowledged and said, look, I had a Bell's palsy attack. Part of my face is paralyzed, as you can see. My speech isn't as clear as it would be. So if mm. there is something you don't understand because of it, let me know, and I slow down my speech. But it all went well. And then after that, I went to the hospital, got the um, medication to, you know, bring uh, for the, for, you know, the, how do you put it, um, the antibiotic to ultimately uh, go against the, the in, you know, the Bell's palsy to bring down the swelling within my face and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's the only thing that they really can do. They give you medication to bring down the swelling. And that's it. Mm. All the other stuff to heal is alternative stuff when it comes to that. Good diet, not stressing, looking after yourself, hip, hypnos, um, hypnosis, acupuncture, yeah. those things work for that. But I wasn't panicking. I did exactly what I was meant to do in that mm. moment. And as a result, I ended up getting a new customer. Mm. You know, and I wasn't even pushing hard in anything like a program or anything. I just said, for you guys, if you want to work with me, let's talk. And then this is what, how we can work together. Yeah. And that's it. And, uh, and I think, you know, it really comes down to being a cause rather than being in a, a situation where you are reacting. Yeah. Because too often we react instead of um, being at cause. When you are at cause, you're not reacting. You are actually managing your emotions mm -hmm. and you're managing your thoughts and your actions very carefully. And whereas people that are like the victims that are literally reacting and then the reaction mm -hmm. sometimes causes them more problems. No because they haven't thought through, they don't use emotional intelligence. So yeah. as a result, they get themselves into more trouble. Yeah. Wow. That's just a, a clear demonstration of a positive mental attitude, isn't it, to situations. But uh, 
that doesn't come natural to a lot of people and they have to be trained into understanding how those vibrations and tuning in into those frequencies can actually help them to get better results. Like you say, it actually engages your creative thinking as well in your situation. You're thinking, okay, I'm in this situation. How can I adapt to the situation? So your creative mind gets into play. Say, so, you know, you can do this in a, um, a you know, a different, uh, uh, in a different way to work with people and ending up actually getting a better result, even though everything else around was going wrong because someone else would have just folded or, you know, cried and just said, this is, uh, you know, com gone completely wrong. So that's uh, an absolute amazing, um, you know, message to, to share actually. Now, in terms of um, uh, your provision, what do you do and how you can uh, uh, help our audience listening to this. So take us through your your pitch and how people can actually uh, work with you and even find you as well. <clears throat> well, um, the best way is I work with um, with clients like small business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, one on one, and also work with their like if they got employees or anything. I also work out. Um, you know, a program that trains their employees as well. Mm -hmm. And if they're overseas, I use normally Zoom, just like you mm -hmm. use Stream, I use Zoom. Yeah. And uh, and then those sessions are recorded, so they can always watch those sessions back and yeah. take the different learning, reflecting on it. And ultimately, with the way that the program is um is created is ultimately six months as a minimum term. Yeah. And it's working for me one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. um, unless they have employees, then it's, you know, it's a combination of one-to-one -one with the owner and then one with the group. Yeah. And um, if they want me to coach their salespeople, it will be they're listening to the conversations there with the customer to find out where is the weakness within the conversation style so that they can ultimately i can give them constructive feedback to yeah. help them improve that um in their tonality in their behavior in the way that they use words and so on um and there are three areas that i cover within my training one is mindset one yeah. is communication and the other one is leadership Within those three areas, there's a whole lot of different things that I cover yeah. from reprogramming the subconscious mind down mm -hmm. to how to improve your own way of communicating, to be more confident, to make more sales, to build trust, to handle complaints and turn a complaint into a sale or even address something to have the customer being grateful for it. Um, mm -hmm how to be a leader, how to ultimately be more transparent within your company, how you can improve your your communication strategy within the company so that ultimately you are much more efficient in working together when yeah. serving the customer and so on. And also mm -hmm. how you can get more repeat sales from your existing customers, looking at how can you project the value and the pricing in a better way 
packaging your product and services better. And the best way to ultimately get started to discuss if they want to work with me weekly or fortnightly over the next six months or so is by getting in touch through my website, uh, which is storyacucci.net. Um, okay, so I'll just put it up on the... Um... And the other one, I think you went through the booking um, booking page with me, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah I did. Yeah. So it's dar dariokuchi.net, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you, I'll give you the booking page link as well, so you can also share that with people the, for yeah. the discovery meeting. Um, and the discovery meeting is literally a 30-minute meeting where I get to know you, who you are, what it is that you need help with the most, and give you some additional tips on how you can improve your own um, set, you know, sales ability. Yeah. So if you go through my website, you find out more about me and how I work, and then you can go through the booking or you can... Um, go directly to the link bookme.bank yeah. and, um, and make your booking and that way you have a 30-minute conversation with me on Zoom. And uh, like I said, I, I don't do the hard sell. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I want to work with people that are ready to work with me, yeah. that are entrepreneurs, that are want to work on their mindset, that want to work on the communication skills and strategies. And they want to work on their leadership skills and strategies. Yeah. Because when those three areas are um, improved on, um, you can take your business to a different level. And it's not keep on like, oh my God, I need to fix this problem to um, to make more sales. Instead, you don't need to fix the problem. You need to fix the cause. Once the cause is yeah. fixed, why you do what it is you do, connected with your subconscious mind then and you start to learn how can I use emotional intelligence in my company then it will be you will be surprised how um, how easy or easier it will be for you to grow your business it will be much more in harmony with who you are and what you want to create it will literally create harmony within your life you will end up having more time in your life for your family. You will be less stressed. And you can prevent from, you know, health issues and other troubles occurring because you are ultimately attacking not the symptom, you're attacking the problem by the root, by the root cause. And a lot of the the problems that we are making are our of our own doing mm-hmm. and the and we need to address the cause though because the cause is the reason why we're doing it if you are creating drama um in relationships regardless if they are private relationships or business relationships but let's say you got that internal belief the only way that someone shows you love is by you arguing with them. So if you believe is that 
my mom only showed me love when I argued with her or fought, you know, fought over something. Then I got the attention of my mom. That's love. And you got that from an early age. And now you're a CEO of a business. You got maybe 5, 10, 20, 50 people under you. And all those people are fine, but you don't feel love unless mm. you argue with them and then you make up in a way of, you know, apologizing and that's love for you. So as long as you identify that behavior as first I need to argue, then I apologize and that means love, that's a symptom, right? That behavior is a symptom, but the belief is when I get attention through arguing and fighting, that is love, which is, is totally incorrect. Mm -hmm. It's incorrect because love is unconditional. But how else should that person know unless they reflect on it and are willing to change that behavior on a subconscious level? They will never know because that is their normal reality. And that normal mm. belief that they have, their reality will affect everything from private relationships down to business relationships. And so that's why it's so important to look at the cause and fix that and not just the superficial thing where we go, well, you need to be more patient, you need to be better at communicating. Those are all important things, but you first need to look at the cause. Yeah. And so that's why wow. it's so important that when the people that come to me understand that, because unless you understand that, um, you know, unless you, know, you get that, that's the, it, it does not make sense because everything else that you do on, a, on the other level will be compromised as long as you have not addressed the cause. So you will get some progress happening, but you will fall back into the trap on over and over again because your subconscious mind is always stronger than your conscious mind. Mm. You might even ask right. yourself, why do those things always happen to me in your life? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why it's yeah. so important. So, yeah. So, look, um, yeah, I look forward to hearing from the people that listen to the podcast and reach out mm -hmm. to me. And um, if yeah. the, there's anything that uh, they want to ask, they can do that during the discovery meeting. Absolutely. No, uh, Dario, it's been a an absolute pleasure you know speaking to you you've got a, a lot of uh, golden nuggets there that you've shared with us and uh, just uh, you know i can see a lot of value from what deep within that people can actually get you know working with you to actually working on themselves first because like you say unless people work you know from within themselves then that's how they can actually turn out to be uh, the, be the best version of themselves. And uh, working on the subconscious, like you say, it's just so powerful to clear out all those blockages or limiting beliefs so that you can start to look at life in a more positive way in order to achieve uh, people's results. Is there any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share before we finish? Well, I mean, it really, um, the only thing that I can say is um, 
your time is of great value, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you right now are in business and you're losing customers and you are sick and tired of chasing your customers, um, then maybe it's time for you to change the approach. Maybe it's time for you to stop what you're doing, reflect on it and go, how can I apply myself better to create the kind of business that ultimately drives itself rather than me having to keep on driving it? Yeah. And how, you know, and ask yourself that question and, and then, you know, come and, and, and see me and during the discovery meeting that I have, more than happy to give you some insights on how you can improve it. And if you are a good fit to work together, then great. And if not, if there's anything that I can help you with, I'm be more than happy to share that with you during the meeting. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much, Dario. Again, a pleasure speaking to you. And thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you uh, very soon as we follow your work as well. So hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me, Alex. It was a pleasure.